0: And they've got a great sign-up offer for our listeners. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit, and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. To get started, all you have to do is click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Okay, let's get things started. All right, here we go. Sides of
1: the fight in the north what's up degenerate nation welcome to the big bets on campus podcast presented by WinBet. i'm stuck in with me as always is colin wilson what a guy showing up sunday morning after what looked like the win of the century if you watched arkansas texas game parades confetti uh i'm glad that you made it and i'm glad that you're still
2: alive congrats on the win brother
1: Woo pig suey.
2: I'm extremely proud of my program. Not just that, just the the whole thing that's all going on with Arkansas right now with Eric Muslin getting us to the Elite Eight. Dave Van Horn is a national title contender in baseball every year. Sam Pittman has taken a team that was a joke, allowing North Texas, Toledo, coastal teams like that to beat us. He's made everybody care. He's made it a destination for kids to come play in and like a real estate and a place to raise a family. Like, the secret's out. Like, they're filming movies in Northwest Arkansas. Minery was nominated for an Academy Award based out of Northwest Arkansas. True Detective Season 3, based out of Northwest Arkansas. Like, it is being exposed that this is, like, the greatest place in the country to be. Yeah, you live in Oklahoma. Barely over the line. Barely (laughs) over the line. Not that far away from home,
1: Uh, All right. The only other question I have for you
2: is, are you prepared to lose the
1: Georgia Southern now as three touchdown favorites?
2: I appreciate you not even giving me a good morning. It's just, I can't wait to get Georgia Southern over three TDs. They're going to, this is going to be the hammer of the week. Like, what are you doing to me? Huh? Let me enjoy this just for a little bit before the books open. I'll give you three days. I won't say anything else (laughs) until uh, we record on Thursday
1: because uh, that Arkansas game is not till Saturday. Um, but Arkansas was impressive. We'll get to, I'm sure there's actually, let's just look, we have a lot to get to. We have a weekday. We have one weekday game this week. Uh, we have, we have a f- couple Friday games which we'll do on the Thursday night podcast that comes out overnight Thursday. We do have a Thursday night game between Ohio and Louisiana, Ohio. Yikes. If you want to buy low on a team, I don't know if I'm ready to bet them, but they lost to Duquesne, but we'll get to that game. And, uh, we will talk about uh, a few games we have circled, like Georgia Southern, for next Saturday. I'll share my thoughts on Monday Night Football as well. Before we recap the card and get into some of the big results, and there were some shockers, let's uh, get to the voicemails.
0: Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers.
1: However you're feeling, we want to hear from you.
0: You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bets on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep.
2: Not really sure who I'm more mad at, Colin. You are fucking Minor
0: Nation. What in the hell? I'm in a tough spot because I really, really love when the guitar strums and the old El Paso song starts, but holy fuck, this team fucking stinks.
1: Turns it over six times. How do you do that? And the defense is making Hank Bachmeyer
0: look like Johnny Unitis. Uh, picks up, go Minor Nation. Good Saturday morning, Minor Nation. I gotta ask, what happened? Because I'm, I'm trying to keep up on my phone. It's looking pretty good, 10-6 second quarter. And then I get up this morning, see biggest sack all across my phone, just like Boise, 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 Boise. Minor Nation has to call in. He's kind of been a fair weather guy, to be honest. I only hear from him when they cover. I'm going to be very disappointed if I don't hear from Minor Nation Monday morning. I can't believe it, I f-ing did it. I put a bet on f***ing UTEP, and I got what I deserve. Six f***ing turnovers. Wow, we picked up. They should take those picks and shove them right up their f-ing.
1: I Look, I didn't bet UTEP, and then I knew once they didn't cover. If there's a weekday game that either of us like, and it doesn't cover, we're going to hear about it on the voicemail on an <laughs> Island game, especially a late night one involving UTEP. I guess our friend didn't call. We, I got a DM from his friend who said he's been trying to call the past two weeks, but you haven't played his voicemail. And I said, is he calling the new number? And he said, no, what's the new number? So I gave him the new number, obviously he didn't call in this week. Cause they got destroyed, but I will say with, in regards to the UTEP play, what happened is they, they, yeah, they turned the ball over and they got behind. And UTEP is not the team that can, they have a really good receiver and, and going. They, they're not the team that can throw it. Like they need to run the ball, control the clock. Once they got behind and were turning it over, trying to catch up, then the turnovers just, it just piled on and it was a, a downward spiral. So uh, you know, I knew I, that there was going to be some calls on Minor Nation.
2: Listen, I'm not deterred on UTEP. I'm, I'm, I know everybody's pissed off of calling in, but the turnover ratio was six to one. And UTEP passed the 40-yard line. They averaged two points per trip past the 40-yard the, the line. Their finishing drives was terrible. But if you go back and look at success rate, 40% success rate in passing downs, that's 10% above national average. They averaged eight yards per play when they were passing. The balls more than Boise State was. I mean, they held their own in success rate. They just turned the ball over six times, and they failed when they got past the 40-yard line. And that doesn't make them complete trash and throw them away. They will be bettable again. But, man, dimel has got to get these turnovers, these mistakes. That was, It was Shit show. Yep. Alright, moving on.
0: Colin, stuck. John from Long Island. Yeah, it's about three forty here on the East Coast. But I would be remiss if I didn't call and say Rapixi! I don't even have a fucking voice. But horns down, baby. Let's fucking go, Colin. By the way, last week I had Houston.
1: Plus one and a half against Texas Tech. And they just took a fucking hit in the second half. Like, I was completely with Stuck when he was talking about how Olgerson just made no fucking adjustments at half. And now this week I take Rice plus eight. Houston has
0: no problem with Rice. Where the f*** was this last week, Olgerson? You gotta be fucking kidding me, buddy. F*** you. Lincoln Riley. Are you fucking kidding me? This is coming directly... From Boomer Sooner Nation. You haven't showed up for a second half, I don't know, ever in your f***ing life. How about last week against Tulane? Let's go vanilla. This week, Eastern Carolina, the total's twenty-four 24 and a half. Let's run it up. Let's run it up. Let's get that f-ing first down with under two minutes left. Nah. You know what? We can kneel on it. We'll land on twenty-four. We'll make some people happy. Let's make it seventy-five to f Eastern Carolina. That's who you're running it up against.
1: I don't know what that guy's talking about. Um, I, what, 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 what alcohol? Do you, South Carolina. Um,
2: but what what alcohol did, do you think this guy had? Was that a beer call, a whiskey call, a Scotch call? Oklahoma played Western Carolina, beat him seventy-six to zero. East Carolina had a uh, push attempt in their game. And next week, Oklahoma plays Nebraska. East Carolina, and Eastern Carolina isn't even a university. I just want to know what alcohol this guy is on or what pill he took. because It sounds like a trip. Wait, but what,
1: Oklahoma, Western Carolina, uh, they obviously covered. Fourth and one at the Western Western Carolina four. He went for it with two minutes to go. <laughs> and then he scored. So this guy must have – did he bet the second half? He probably bet it, the second half. He had to
2: because the spread was 55. I mean, the yeah. spread
1: was toast. So it was probably second half minus 24. And then they won by 31 because Riley went for it, I guess. And then he's mad because he never shows up in other second halves. But this one, he ran it up on Western Carolina. I don't know. Bizarre call. I- <laughs> but people are sweating the weirdest things out there, man. This guy was sweating a Western Carolina second half bet, I guess. Hey. I, I, I'm not, I'm not one to judge. All right, moving on.
0: Iowa State money line to complete my parlay. But wait, Brock Purdy in September, three picks gets pulled. Iowa only averaged under three yards per play, and they kicked the s**t out of Iowa State because Brock Purdy blows Fuck you, Brock Purdy. God.
1: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta wear. We have to wear the Iowa State bet. Look, they absolutely dominated the box score. If you look at it, mm-hmm. it's like you would think that they won by fifty. Iowa averaged what, like 2.8 yards per play. I mean, just pathetic. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do anything on offense. But you watch that game, Iowa was the better team. Uh, I wish I had the plus four. But, yeah, they turned it over and couldn't capitalize when they had the ball. And Iowa won. We bet Iowa State in September. We got what we deserved. Any thoughts on that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no justification. I mean, I know everybody's going to hop on and, and pile on us for taking Iowa State. and And when there's four turnovers – You know, in the position that they were, you can't do anything about it. From a box score perspective, this makes me want to fade Iowa at some point. Zero explosive drives. The national average for two plus. they have no
1: explosiveness on offense. Zero.
2: Well, they're, yeah, they got to get that Charlie Jones kid going. But the the two plus first downs, uh, national average is 41%. Iowa was 14%. Iowa in the success rate department was terrible. Iowa lost in finishing drives. Iowa lost everywhere. And they just four turnovers in the exact right place. I mean, we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to fade Iowa at some point. This was uh, this was more team execution on Iowa State and Matt Campbell, and you know, give some credit to Ferenc for changing it up with, with the blitz schemes. But that offense did nothing to earn this victory.
1: Iowa at home this week against Kent State. Flash fast, baby. Can't wait to lose that one. Moving on.
0: <laughs> All right. First off, what the f- was that play call from Buffalo? Fourth and three from the Nebraska 30, and you decide to take a f***ing field goal when you're down, what, 17? How dumb do you have to f***ing be? I mean, go for it. What the f*** is the field goal going to do? F***ing go for it. And Scott Frost, what a f***ing b***h he is. Up 17, six minutes left in the game, and he goes for a f***ing touchdown just to run the score up. F*** you, Scott Frost. I hope you get fired in two weeks. Go yourself, Scott Frost. Collins, Stucky, walking out of Jack Trice Stadium. Gave
1: you a call Friday afternoon letting you know you were wrong and that it was all about the Hawks. And, uh, yep, Hawkeye State once again. Can't wait to bet Brock Purdy in October, though.
0: Brocktober, Brocktober.
2: Hey, guys. Nash from Colorado
0: here. This CU team is such a fraud, and Texas A&M is just blowing this. Every opportunity that they can how did that guy fumble at the fing goal line? The one opportunity that they get, they f***ing fumble. This is unbelievable. If the U continues to win, I can't wait to fade this team. They are such a fing fraud. Ah, this is fing frustrating.
1: Uh, yeah, Texas AM was not impressive, to say the least. Calzado was 18 of 38 for 183 yards, they ran the ball 30 times for less
2: than 100 yards and they've won 10 7 explosive drives zero right i mean you have some of the best explosive weapons at tar- it targets in the backfield and at wide receiver explosive drives zero i mean to be fair the
1: texas a&m lost their their starting quarterback James right. king a lot in the first quarter and he's you know provides them with uh, a little more of a dual threat but he did he, I think he went off on crutches, right? Um, Yeah. He was
2: on crutches at the end.
1: And
0: uh, I'm assuming he's
2: done. I don't know what, I didn't, I didn't see an update on his uh, injury. No, no, they have not released any information. So we'll see. Cause I, you know, we got Arkansas, Texas A&M coming up in two weeks. So we'll see what that situation is. But, you know, from a box score perspective, Texas A&M just didn't perform when they got past the 40 yard line, They averaged 1.8 points per trip past the 40 and 13 possessions, no explosive drives and two plus first downs was 10% less than national average. Uh, the offense is not cooking, and you have some of the best talent at the at the skill position. So we'll, Jimbo's got to figure it out because this is this team's loaded and, and, and can do damage in the West. I'm suddenly feeling much less confident about my Alabama under 11 and a half
1: wins ticket. <laughs> yeah, Jimbo Fisher on Haynes King injury. We're still waiting. There's not a final analysis yet. All right, moving on. I rode with you, Stucky. I keyed in Ohio State money line
0: in at least two, possibly three parlays, and they f-ing did it. The Ohio State University running defense is the worst thing that I've ever seen. And Kelly Coombs,
1: you can ride your bike home, you loser. At least Rocky
0: Lombardi sucks and one Pokes team can come through for us. Roll Wyoming. Stucky,
1: Colin, and my boy, Producer Mitchell. It's good to hear you guys. It's Martin, formerly from Chicago. Here's what I want to talk about. Kerry Combs is a f***ing disgrace. Can you imagine putting your fing polo on, jumping around with recruits? I'm going to teach you to suck. F***. I'm going to teach you to fail at the horseshoe after 653 fing days. Imagine the embarrassment that that clown, he should be fired right now, fired and urinated on. Also, Brett McMurphy's a disgrace, but I love you guys goodbye Brett McMurphy catching shrapnel uh I think that's the first time on the voicemail he's caught some of some of the uh the shrapnel from our listeners uh I knew that, he, that we were going to get a call from him in Ohio state that's, which yeah. it was that defense of uh, Gary Coombs, <clears throat> awful I mean I'm surprised look Ohio state put up what 650 yards they only scored yep. 28 points Uh, The defense was awful. They couldn't get a stop when they – I mean, they couldn't stop the run or – I mean, they were so confused, out of position the entire game. And, look, credit to Oregon. They – just the play calling was great. Anthony Brown made all the plays what he needed to. But it it was more the Ohio State defense was just all over the place. So, credit to Oregon, deserved the win. Luckily, I put Ohio State in money on parlay with Iowa State. So, I felt a lot less worse about it after Iowa State lost – Talk about a, an awful parlay there. But I, then I come in and I say, sorry to bring this up, Colin, but 2015, when Ohio State lost in week two at home to Virginia Tech, I bet them to win the national title 30 to 1. They ended up sneaking into the playoff over Collins TCU, who we had like a trillion to 1 on. So I did feel for him. And then Ohio State got in and they ended up winning it all. So I'm like, ooh, let me see the Ohio State updated odds. They went from like 9 to 1 to like 10 to 1 after losing so I thought we were going to get a juicy number on Ohio State I found nothing out there Stroud was op- made some overthrows again at key times he showed his youth and inexperience, but this is all about the Ohio State defense Coombs has to go it's not just that they obviously have talent and it was just the confusion the, the missed assignments at people you can't be that bad against the run and the pass like they were just it was an awful defensive performance it was So bad to watch. I was like rooting for onside kicks after Ohio State scored.
2: Yeah, this is completely 100% on the defense. And I guess, you know, I I don't know if I should be apologizing to Puddles and the Oregon Nation for saying they're going to go under their win total and not win the North with the North, which is looking like the biggest crapshoot in the history of Power Five divisions. Uh, Oregon, 60% success rate on standard downs. And what does that mean? They ran twice as many plays in standard downs as they did in passing downs. Ohio State did nothing to put them behind schedule at any point oh. they they averaged 7.7 yards in standard downs, tons of success in passing downs too. Not to say that that didn't happen, but it, it was really two plus first downs for Oregon, 60%. The national average is 40. Like they, they were just up and down the field. 25% of their drives of their 12 possessions were explosive. They averaged listen, this is crazy, right? They averaged 4.8 points per trip past the 40 yard line. And the best, you, the best you can do is six points, right? Every attempt past a 40, six is the best you can do, 4.8. Ohio State didn't have a plan to stop first and 10 at the 20. Ohio State didn't have a plan to stop third and two down by the goal line. And they refused to change coverage. They refused to cha- put any wrinkles in the defense whatsoever. And what, what did you think was going to happen with Oregon? What did you think? Yeah. Oregon was just going to stop running the ball. It was Cristobal just going to change his game plan in a tight game. No. And you did nothing to change against it. Against, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to piss Oregon fans off, but that was not, it's not a complex offense. They're not running like, it's not like Iowa State's running like, you know, 13 or they're throwing out different schemes. Like they're pretty much running the same thing over and over and you never stopped it. I mean, it's just well, not, not only could say. they not
1: stop the run, not only could they not stop the run when, when Oregon passed guys are wide open. I, I'm like, how can you, yeah. how can you be so bad at both? At least to just drop everyone
2: back and don't let them throw, if you're going to give up everything Oregon wanted to do, they did. Uh, I'm, Cameron Brand, what, I'm glad Cameron Brown was healthy. He didn't guard anybody. Oh, where, what it Proctor was, was missing again. Never heard Sevian Banks' name called all day. It is terrible yeah, performance. It was bad. I think oh, I think was asked to go. Let's give a deliverable out of this because, and I love you reaching back into my 630 to one on TCU. That was a different situation though, right? It wasn't it JT Barrett got hurt. Cardell had to come in. Right. And it was really yeah. just a quarterback injury situation that said this Ohio state team is still good enough to win the national championship. This is a yeah. different story. This defense can't beat Alabama. This defense can't beat UCLA's offense. So I'm not buying Ohio state period.
1: No, I would have looked at like a 30 to one. Uh, yeah. They're probably yeah. going to get to the college football playoff, but I think the best I saw, it was like 12 to one or something. I'm like, no way with that, that defense. And Stroud is going to get it together, but this is, they, they haven't played, you know, the Alabama's yet in the, in the college football playoff, this defense. And I, they have to make a change schematically new coordinator, something because the defense is just embarrassing. And you saw it against Minnesota too, before, you know, Ibrahim got hurt. Minnesota was going up and down the field
2: without the, you know, one of their best receivers. So, yeah, I mean that's and look at Minnesota backers. Look at Minnesota fall off the table. There are things happening in the Big Ten where I'm like picturing Iowa as the as the Big Ten champions, and that like they're going to get to ten and O just as fraud box scores. I, I'm sorry. I I, I I listen. I know we have a lot of Iowa people on staff at Action Network, and and I love Iowa, but I mean the, the C's are parting for this Hawkeyes like magical ten win season here. You know, it's going to win the Big Ten. Don't say Maryland. Maryland.
1: Bodog Jim. <laughs>
0: Bodog Jim has it under control.
1: Bodog Jim! Oh Moving on.
0: Dylan from Austin at the stadium right now, walking out. Every fan in the building is chanting blue pig. Haven't seen an ass kicking like that in a long time. As a uh, Texas fan, embarrassing, humiliating. But uh, we're going to take it on the chin and hope that you uh, look a little bit better come conference time. Colin, might see you out tonight. I hope so, but uh, God, I hope it looks better than we did tonight. Next time we we'll see you. so welcome as always. But yeah, that was a depressing way to go down. Cheers, Colin. We'll end it there. Yeah, on a high
1: for Colin with the Texas fan. Uh, you know, owning I, up to it. And, uh, I, I call so I, go ahead. I'll let you take the floor. <sighs>
2: I hope everybody, uh, on Dixon street was nice to the, to the UT Austin fans, because when I went down in 2003 and, and we won, but then I went again, like four or five years later and Texas beat us by like 50. So I, and every time I've been down to Austin, Texas, it is the nicest, sweetest, uh, shake your hand. Congratulations. Like there's no, uh, I mean, every fan base has its seeds of assholes, but I, I think that what I experienced with Texas was like a completely different thing than what I've experienced with LSU and Florida and some of the other fans. So I hope that we were accommodating and nice enough uh, after the game down on Dixie Street. But as far as Sark goes in Texas, listen, let's, let's just have some harsh reality here. 0% explosive drives. They could not find a weapon. I We said on the podcast, we said on the podcast, Barry Odom and Sam Pittman came out and said, we are shutting Bijan Robinson down. Wherever he goes, we will have a spy. And that's exactly what happened. And so that forced Hudson Card to look at other places. He couldn't get it going with his wide receiver that he loves to hit deep. Uh, missed him multiple times. 0% explosive drives. Uh, at Arkansas, I mean, here, here's what won the game. 7.1 yards per play in running plays. Standard down success rate of 60%. We absolutely ran over the Texas defense. If you are not prepared for a ground assault, get ready. Because Arkansas brought, and we're integrating freshmen. I I said AJ Green was going to start playing. That's after our backup, Raheem, came in and started running over people. And by the way, Traylon Burks was told to cut off all his NIL activity, starting to show flashes of explosiveness. Like the team is on the rise. I mean, I know Georgia Southern's coming up and we're going to be anti, you know, all that, but this is a very impressive performance. And welcome to the SEC, Texas. You don't get a free week off you don't get Kansas. All right. So, well, you better not get San Jose stated by Georgia Southern next week. We'll talk about that later. Now <laughs> I'm going to let I said, I'm going
1: to let you enjoy this. So if you had a, if you had to sum up, you, know, you obviously watched every play was, and in the box scores dominant. It was a dominant big victory in every facet by Arkansas. Would you say that that game was more about Arkansas and how much better they
2: are than people thought, or is it more was it more of an indictment on Texas? No, it, it was uh, Arkansas's coming out party. Uh, this Pittman movement has been going on for a while. You see a three and seven record last year, but seven and three against the spread. We knew that Pittman had one focus, he has everybody's focus. Yes. Sir. We are improving every single game and we are making up for our mistakes. You know, against Rice, come out, we're a completely different team. And if you're not aware of Arkansas social media, like Musselman and Pittman like make a clip every week. And so what's going on right now with our programs is uh, it's just, you can't even explain uh, the feeling that's going on in Northwest Arkansas right now. And as for Texas, They just don't have any explosive weapons for Hudson card. And now Casey Thompson is an explosive quarterback himself. I'm interested to see who wins this quarterback battle because, you know, Casey Thompson blew all of our unders blew all of our unders there at the end. Thank you very much for that little stick out there, the getting to 60 at the end that sucked, But uh, Texas has no explosiveness. Sark can only run the playbook for what they've been able to execute in practice. And this is a young squad underneath center. And, And so, you know, I, I I don't think it's an indictment on, on Texas whatsoever. I just, you know, they're, they've are they got to refix their tackling issues. That's been a problem two games in a row. And they're going to have to find explosive weapons on offense because until then, you're not going to get these big scores. True or false, you peaked at Arkansas Futures this weekend. <laughs> don't start with me. This team could win. What bowl are we going to so I can lay a few dimes down? Let's get bowl. it going.
0: We're going to for you
2: what seed are you getting in the college football playoff?
1: Let's go. Dream oh, game. yeah. At least Cotton uh, Bowl. I was going to say, at least Cotton Bowl. All right. Before we get to our best call, worst call, bet, regret, a couple other games that I wanted to go over. Great call on Georgia. By the way, you were like, nope, I'm not. I don't want. Don't buy into the steam. And uh, yep. Georgia boat race UAB even without their quarterback. By the way, let me gloat a little bit. Mercer team total over. <laughs> Over two and a half. I thought it was going to be six. It was two. I got two and a half minus 120. I mean, a couple hundred bucks, but they scored more points than Miami. Oh, man. Saban's going to be pissed. <laughs> Monday practice. Bama is going to get it for allowing 14 to Mercer. A couple upsets late night that many people might not have seen. BYU beat Utah, ended the streak. Clay Helton has to go, by the way. Any thoughts on either of those
2: games? No, USC, uh, you know, I'm a little afraid for my Stanford win. I mean, they really got it going in the passing game, uh, found some offense, but it was USC's defense that uh, really regressed uh, in that box score, and they took a major hit in power ratings uh, down. Uh, Stanford did get a couple point bump in in their power rating, but USC really went down to, like, lower levels in the power ratings, and uh, so you're not going to expect to see any love out of here. Still tons of penalties, uh, terrible execution on defense. Uh, we are right back to good old uh, USC and, and listen, we are faced. And, and and I know we haven't talked about Utah BYU, uh, but I'm going to tell you right now we are shaping up for a UCLA chip Kelly revenge on Oregon in the PAC 12 championship game. Something that like is could send a team to the playoff, which is a dream. I, I think that'd be awesome.
1: I have to give credit to BYU. I mean, this, it wasn't a fluke win if you look at the box score, it's not like they had no. a couple turnovers and, you know, benefited from a few fluky plays. they, deserved to win that game. They beat Utah 26 to 17. They outgained them 380 to 340. Well done, BYU. All right, let's move on to a quick recap of our own cards. I had a, a middling day. I dropped about a half a unit on the day, so I had a losing day. I think, I think that was well-deserved. wasn't a, It wasn't a awful day, but I feel like I didn't deserve a, a winning day, so I thought it was a, a fair result. My best call of the weekend, it has to be Toledo, really never in doubt, could have won the game, Notre Dame escapes again, but you know, grab that 18 and a half early in the week, it closed 16 and just, you know, never a sweat, would have loved that win though for Toledo's win total over, wasn't a great day for, week one was great for my win totals, this week was not, worst call, I mean, Iowa State uh, has to be, uh, don't, think there needs to be much more said than that. And I guess I'll throw, and maybe you'll talk about it too, but I'll throw Michigan, Washington, you know, your first half under the game under never really a sweat there. And I have to pat myself on the back because someone said, I bet can't Stucky can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. USF, baby. Worst bet. Of the, that's probably the worst bet of the weekend that I made, but it's somehow covered. I, I'm proud of you. For that <laughs> bet. That took balls. <laughs> they were, they were down like 31, nothing, like two minutes in. I was like, Oh my God. And I don't know how they covered. Florida had 666 yards. USF had 283. I am, I cannot wait to see Florida plays Alabama. We'll talk about that game a lot later this week. I can't wait to see what Mullen does with his quarterbacks this week because Look, we told told you about this kid, Richardson, last week on the podcast. He had three pass attempts for 152 yards and two touchdowns. Three of three, 152 yards, two touchdowns. Had four rush attempts for 100-plus yards and a touchdown. I mean, he is a walking, explosive play. And, uh, you know, he was sharing time with uh, Emery Jones. I'm really curious to see what Mullen does – with the quarterback situation against Bama. But yeah, USF, sometimes you just... Look, I mean, Florida did go very vanilla, which was part of the handicap, but sometimes you make a bet and you get lucky. Uh, And that was the case with USF because if you showed me that first half and you were like, and told me I could risk-free take away my bet, I would have. But USF did get to the window. That regret.
0: Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's
1: talk that regret. I bet regret I'll i give you two not not telling you on Arkansas I always trust you on Arkansas I don't know how many times you brought up Arkansas on our <laughs> bets on campus live show but uh, I'm happy that it worked out and there was a reason that you were so enthusiastic about that play so I do regret not joining you and uh, partaking in the festivities why didn't I just bet UConn team total under every week a couple people were tweeting at me this is the the greatest play every week. UConn is absolutely miserable. They lost 49, nothing to Purdue. Uh, and we're just uh, horrendous. Got dominated every facet. Um, so I'll say that UConn, just bet the UConn team, to- team total under. And uh, when Colin is confident in Arkansas, tell him, uh,
2: how about you? Best call, worst call. Bet we, <laughs> yeah, we should also be betting Washington team total unders from here on out. Uh, best call, I mean, I'll just stick with Arkansas. We went on the live show. It anchored the the money line Round Robin Parlay. And it's it's not just another team. When I'm a two-time uh, graduate and I pump my chest loudly about this team and I go on a live show and give betting advice that this team's going to win outright, quickly say, you know, good job. And we're on to Georgia Southern. So I'll use that as a best call. Worst call, I mean, you know, UTEP had six turnovers. Iowa State turnovered themselves out. You know, so a couple of the losses that I did take you know, Rice plus eight, never had a shot. Uh, Houston shut down in the in the second half and in week one. And then all of a sudden they showed up. And when they went crazy on Rice and the Rice team that showed up at Arkansas didn't execute whatsoever, that was a terrible call. NC State was an opener that I hit. There was some heavy reverse line movement and triggers in the market that told me that Mississippi State was going to win this game. I never bought out. And I'm not sure if that's bet regret or what. But NC State had three offensive turnovers, but they hung with them in the box score. So I'm not sure if that's considered a worse loss. Uh, but I would say the late night bet of Hawaii plus 11, uh, you know, there was a turnover in that game, but despite that turnover, they still wouldn't have covered uh, against Oregon state. So we will call that, uh, you know, Hawaii, my worst call uh, bet regret. It's a, USF. Tie. It, it's a tie. And uh, I'll start with saying, I don't know why I didn't add more to San Diego state. Why did there I not add more to San Jose and Arizona going over? Huh? Aztec overs over 48 on the over. Arkansas over beats 46. Texas and San Diego State goes, and State. goes
1: over. And, and we is, are gonna this is bet it the this peak of the season
2: for you more and more and more. No, it's I actually did bet that I should have bet more. I got scared from the market movement, but let's be honest. I said on the pod a week ago, aren't we betting UMass against Boston College? This is the spot, right? 38 no, point I spread. That's God, and they lost by 17. Too. Why did we miss this spot on UMass? That's my bet regret. Um. Did the San
1: Diego State? Yeah, I mean, Arkansas beats Texas and San Diego State goes over. It doesn't get any better for you.
2: Did, did that game deserve to go over? I didn't watch much, much of it. No, the, the the handicap on the game was not so much the Helen Klinsky's vertical and electric offense, which which it was. The reason it went over is because of what I said last week. Jed Fish's tempo is insane. Like, I mean, there. I mean, there. I'm going to run the numbers here this Sunday afternoon, but I, they might be the fastest team in the country. So if oddsmakers don't catch up, it's going to be Arizona overs for a while.
1: He's also very aggressive on fourth downs, which. Ex- yeah,
2: I think he went for a couple of fourth downs in his own territory in the first week uh, in the first half. Let me see a projection. What I've got I, now numbers haven't come out as, as stuck in are recording this, but Arizona's next game, Northern Arizona. So we probably won't get a total. But if they if they don't adjust what Arizona should be from a tempo perspective, we're going to keep hammering Wildcats overs. Before we get out of here, let's go
1: three and out.
2: One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out.
1: Um, All right. First down, let's talk Thursday night football. It's an ugly one. But at the same time, it's beautiful in its own way. We have Ohio (laughs) visiting Louisiana Thursday night. 8 Eastern on ESPN. Ohio is 0-2, and their most recent loss, I mean, they lost the season opener to Syracuse, and Syracuse, what, scored seven points against Rutgers this past weekend? And then this past weekend, Ohio lost to Duquesne at home, 28-26. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's as bad as it gets. Louisiana, meanwhile, everyone will recall they – Lost to Texas in the season opener, and uh, this past weekend, they beat Nichols State 27-24. Not great. This is a team that I wanted to sell early on in the season after what they did last year. Really got lucky in a lot of games. I think that they still have market appeal despite losing to Texas. And I don't think anyone even noticed that they barely beat nickel state. So from a buy low, sell high perspective, I mean, this is, as much value I think as you're going to get on Ohio. I don't know if I can stomach the bobs. Uh, have you updated your projections? Any thoughts on this game? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the updated action network, uh, power rating for me is, uh, Louisiana minus 18 and a half. Uh, that's pretty much in line with some of the other power ratings uh, that I'm seeing this morning. We have yet to see a line open up here. It's a total I uh, project around 52. So yeah, you have to lay it with Louisiana. They need a get healthy game for uh, a, you know, an offense that just hasn't been able to put numbers up on the board yet. And whether that's uh, something's going on within the program or execution's been there, and we just haven't figured it out in the red zone. I'll look more into that, but I don't see it's Louisiana or nothing here, all the way up through 21.
1: All right, second down. Let's talk next week. So any games on your radar that you have circled that you can't wait for the line to pop so you can hit it? Uh, I'll start. Should I whisper it? <laughs> Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern, obviously, they might get their quarter. I, I got to monitor their quarterback situation. They've been awful. Arkansas might still be in the midst of a parade. This upcoming weekend with Texas A&M on deck after a win over Texas. I mean, talk about a sandwich spot. We sure have a lot of sandwiches. Sandwiches. Sandwiches.
0: Sandwiches.
1: Sandwiches. And it's a triple option team that loves to just hold the ball. So, you know, if you're catching over three touchdowns, which is the hope, a little harder to cover even if you do come out and show up. So Georgia Southern's on my radar. We're going to be in fights with Iowa people all year. It (laughs) looks like Kent, Kent State. Flash fast, I'll see what this inflated Iowa number is, and that their turnover luck can't sustain and persist. Uh, So those are two that popped for me. How about you? Anything circled on your radar?
2: uh yeah actually now that i look at my my look away my look ahead spots that you and i are going to talk about on the podcast later this week i don't even know how i did say that georgia tech wasn't my best bet of the week i mean they dominated kennesaw state i, I can't believe i deep dived that game so much but i'm glad it paid off for everybody that backed the jacket. that was a great
1: call great call
2: yeah so listen for next week and the spots i'm looking to hit here as openers come out here a couple hours after stuck and i record georgia tech at clemson clemson has nc state on deck Uh, Northern Illinois at Michigan, Michigan has Rutgers on deck, Georgia Southern at Arkansas, Texas A&M on deck, like we said, New Mexico is at Texas A&M, and and Texas A&M's got to look at Arkansas, so they got to get healthy against New Mexico here, Uh, a 3-3-5 defense, that's interesting. Uh, Tennessee Tech is at Tennessee, Tennessee needs a get healthy game, but they do have overlooked Alabama, so if Heupel's going to do anything different, he's not going to show it against Tennessee Tech uh colorado state at toledo toledo has a big game against ball state coming up so it could be a good spot for colorado state to come in that's it for my for my look ahead spots Uh, a couple lines that are out it looks like
1: oklahoma up to a 22 point favorite at some spots against nebraska oklahoma state i think that game it looks like it's going to be about a coin flip I love I should have mentioned this, but I, I love Boise State this week. I watched every single play of that Oklahoma State game against Tulsa. They should have lost. Tulsa was the better team from start to finish. Oklahoma State had a kick return for a touchdown. They had a third and 17 touchdown where the guy was down and they didn't review it. And they had a third and 15 touchdown that he didn't have control of the ball and they overturned it on a review. I, Tulsa didn't score at the one and then kicked it off, kicked, kicked the field goal, kicked it off. Oklahoma State returned. They were awful at it was Spencer Sanders looked awful. The receivers were were a lot of receiver injuries, by the way, to note, they lost a bunch of receivers during the game. The offensive line was just bad. Look, Boise State, who I was low on coming into the year, looked a little better this past week. I just am so much lower on Oklahoma State after what I've seen uh, the past two weeks. So I think Boise beats them at home. I would love to get that at you know, where it looks like it's going to be Boise plus one.
2: I'll leave yeah, that got, up and then get, yep. I got a plus two yep. and, and I, I completely agree with you. I'm willing to go all the way up to Boise minus one without getting deep into the numbers. Bama, it looks like 13 and a half point favorites at Florida. I was hoping to
1: get, uh, by the way, I am one and zero in my last one that against Bama. Mercer team total over. I'm going to wear that with pride after what Miami (laughs) did to me in the first week. I was hoping to get over two touchdowns of Florida here. I'll have to dive into it. And I'm just so curious to see, try and figure out what Mullen is going to do with the quarterback situation. It's not, it's, it's a run heavy team now. It's, you know, with Richardson with explosive passes, but he's kind of redesigned the entire office. You have to give him credit after losing Trask, losing Pitts, losing Tony, all the receivers, and their offenses look good so far. Now, granted, they played USF and FAU. So I'm curious to dive
2: into that game. Um, There's my, only one play for me. There's yeah. only one play for me in that game. No, no. I mean, I make the line 12 and a half, but I the total, I actually project no shit before any line comes out. I make the total 70. So uh, I don't know. I, this number's going to open wow. up in the 60s maybe, but I, from what I, where do you attack Alabama? The, the, just answer me this point. Where do you attack Alabama? at the front, right, in the, in the front defensive line, and they lost their best linebacker. And this Anthony Richardson kid, uh, there's yards to be gained here. Uh, I, I, I'm going to – this is an overlook for me.
1: Yeah, if I was – I got to dive into this game, spend quite a bit of time on it this week, and then talking about it on our podcast episode later this week. Um, But I'm excited to uh, go back and watch – Maybe, maybe I'm watching some Mercer. Maybe Mullen's watching some Mercer film to figure out how to attack this Alabama offense. If they put up two touchdowns, he's definitely not watching Miami film. All right. Um, yeah, that's all we got here. So, all right. For third down, uh, I'll give you know a, a minute or two thought on the Monday night football game. Make sure you check out the action network podcast. We have content for Monday night football. Chris Raybon and I preview the card each week later in the week, uh, But, you know, since it's the Ravens, my team, a few people reached out wanting my thoughts. I I will have this game written up on ActionNetwork.com and the Action Network app. I played under 51. I like it down to 50. I think the Raiders defense is actually going to be improved this year, mainly because they changed coordinators. And Gunther, I've been yelling for years, has to go. They brought in Gus Bradley who, you know, just from a scheme perspective alone is going to be an enormous upgrade. The Raiders' defense has been so bad because they haven't been able to generate pressure. They have struggled in coverage, and they weren't doing anything to compensate for some of those deficiencies from a scheme perspective. Bradley will, and, you know, they brought in Casey Hayward. They brought in Ngakwe. They brought in a couple veteran linebackers, so it's an improved unit from a talent perspective as well. But on the other side of the ball, the Raiders offense has been the strength the past couple of years. Carr's been very underrated, but it's mainly been because of a great offensive line. And that offensive line is no longer a strength. Richie Incognito is the veteran presence on that line. He's been hurt. You know, they lost Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson. I mean, this is a raw, inexperienced offensive line that I think is really going to struggle with a blitz-heavy Ravens team. It's a very complex defense to face for a young you know, offensive line that's inexperienced and has been playing together. So I think the Ravens are going to blitz as they always do under Wink Martindale, generate pressure, get to Carr, And I think the Raiders are going to struggle moving the ball. When the Ravens have the ball, look, they're obviously not a great passing team. It's a run-heavy team, a run-heavy team that has lost their top three running backs to ACL tears or Achilles tears in the past month. Um, it's an insane situation. Gus Edwards was going to be the workhorse. He tore his ACL this week. So don't underestimate the impact of that for a team that runs it more than any team in the NFL by far. So you might see some growing pains with this offense early on. And guess what? Gus Bradley knows how to defend this Ravens offense. If you recall, when he was with the Chargers in the playoffs, they upset the Ravens and completely shut down the rushing attack. Um, He had a great scheme for that game. So he's seen this Ravens. And look, if the Ravens get a big lead in this game in the second half, they're probably not going to show much and they're probably going to just want to get out of dodge without injuries. It's weird to say for an NFL team, but number one, they have the chiefs next week on a short week and that game could have major playoff implications. And number two, you don't have a team like this in the NFL that has all these ACL injuries within a week. Like it's crazy. So they have to be a little, Hesitant and shy of like, let's stay healthy after what just happened. Um, and I know Marcus Peters got hurt, but the Ravens are good at cornerback. Marcus Peters, I think the loss of him actually helps the under because he had such boomer bust potential. He could have a pick six at any moment. He also, you know, because he's so aggressive, could get burnt deep. Anthony Avert, very capable backup. Jimmy Smith, who's banged up, is still there. You have Marlon Humphreys on the outside, top two or three corner in the NFL. Tavon Young being back in the slot is huge because Humphrey can play on the outside. You have two underrated safeties. They'll be blitzing all day against a young experienced offensive line. So
2: I don't see this Raiders offense doing much. Uh, So I think the play is uh, under a lot of our metrics that we use to look at the market and grade. It says that the Raiders are the play here, but I I agree with you. I think the under is probably first half under being first game of the year is the best play for me.
1: Yeah. By the way, John Gruden, since 2003, the least profitable coach in the NFL to back john harbaugh 10 and 3 against the spread in week one Mm -hmm. dominant after a bye it's just always a well-prepared team the last two years i think they've won by a combined score of 97 to 16 in the first two weeks they just blitzed the browns and and crushed the dolphins two years ago but i make the line right around four it's not and look all these injuries I, i i wouldn't hate you if you you wanted to back either one of these teams i can see the case but i'm right at four uh, I'm siding with the under. All right, Before we go three and out, just a quick reminder to our listeners. The Big Bets on Campus podcast is presented by WinBet Sportsbook, and they've got a great sign-up offer for you guys this season. New WinBet patrons who open an account and deposit $20 or more can make their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's right. If you open a new WinBet account, make a qualifying deposit and place your first bet within 10 days, that bet is risk-free up to $1,000 in eligible states. A $1,000. To take advantage of this win bet offer, just click on the Action Network link in this episode description. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Well, it's time for us to go uh, watch the NFL, wait for some of these numbers to pop, dig into box scores, and uh, start preparing for next week. Um, Can't wait to have that Georgia Southern notification come on to – your phone and uh, congrats again to your hogs, and more importantly, for your San Diego State over. Yes, Mitchell. Mitchell, throw in a champagne popping noise there. <laughs> Hope everyone had a great weekend. We will be back Thursday night, release overnight Thursday with the week three betting preview. Maybe have some giveaways later in the week. So make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, leave a review. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. We appreciate all of your support and we'll catch y'all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out.